0: I get time in my day where the only thing I'm doing is focusing on the one person in the room with me, and it's about relaxation, empowerment, touch, like my absolute favorite things in the world. So I get these blocks in my day where I get to focus on my favorite things, and I'm not thinking about picking the kids up from school or blah, 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 whatever, right? It's very simple, and in that way, it's meditative,
1: If you've wanted yet feared to do work that is weird, this is the show you just need to hear. Sounds like a dream job, right? That's Cassandra Brown, and she's a professional cuddler. The job of a professional cuddler is pretty self explanatory, but there's so much more to it. On this week's episode, Cassandra and I talked about why we need cuddling now more than ever, and why her job is changing the world. Plus, She gives me some tips on how to up my own cuddling game, which is, personally, pretty exciting. I'm Sam Balter, and this is Weird Work. Now let's listen to them speak about their jobs, which are quite unique. Weird Work. Thank you so much for being on the show, and first things first... Let's start with, are you personally more of a big spoon or a little spoon
0: person? I actually love to be the big spoon. That's my happy, comfortable place. I think there's something in it that feels very soothing to my nervous system. The front of my body likes the pressure of having another body, but not all the pressure of being lied on, right? Because that can be sort of squishing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You don't necessarily want to be crushed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Just held. Held. Yeah. I still don't know. Where my my own personal preferences lie, I think Mm -hmm. probably in the big spoon area, but my wife is taller than me. So I end up being a little spoon a lot. Yeah. So before what were you doing before you got into being a professional cuddler?
0: Before being a professional cuddler, my most recent thing that I was doing is being a parenting coach. So I had the website parentcoaching.org, and I was working with parents online and over the phone to help them with their issues with their kids. Mostly what I found is that I was helping parents with their issues with themselves because where we get tripped up with our kids is the places that we got tripped up in our own childhood usually. So it was really fun, supportive coaching work to help people with relationships and communication. And then, and I was also training people to become parenting coaches, really fun work, but there was no in-person component to it. It was all virtual.
1: Oh, so you were doing it all like online?
0: Absolutely all online, over Zoom, over the phone, over Skype. It was all online. Oh, cool. So when I decided to move to Boulder, uh, Colorado, I realized, wow, they're actually real live human beings here that make enough money and are open enough to weird things that I could do hands-on work and do coaching plus some kind of touch. And so then I looked into what kind of touch do I want to do. And my most amazing experience around coaching and the effectiveness. So of the type of coaching that I do, it's based on work called Inner Empathy. So the type of coaching that I do, which is very much about befriending your body and all of the different voices in your head, right? A simple example is if you've ever wanted to lose weight, but then you don't actually exercise and you keep eating junk.
1: Yeah. Okay. This is helpful. Very relevant to me at this moment.
0: (laughs) Right. So yeah. So this is an example of where you've got two different points of view inside of yourself, right? You've got the one that's like, yeah, let's lose weight and be healthy. And you've got the other one that for some reason is still eating junk and not exercising. So the type of coaching I do is very good at bringing those two voices into the room in a very gentle way and listening to both of them and getting a lot more inner coherence, right? Some some inner harmony so that you're not fighting yourself and you can actually meet the goals that you want. When I was first introduced to this, it was when somebody was cuddling me. And the experience of being held and feeling what I was feeling in my body while doing this coaching, like, knocked my socks off. I'd been doing personal growth. I was a yoga and meditation teacher. Yeah. You know, if we, if we back it up, that's part of my history. Yeah. Yoga and meditation teacher for, like, 15 years. And I was still working with this same issue that was about chronic tension in my body. But while I was being cuddled and being led through this inner empathy process, I got insights that changed my life.
1: And was this in a professional setting or was this with a friend?
0: This was not. This was like 6 years ago with a friend. Okay. So I so had So you just had this back like of cathartic my mind experience. Awesome. Right, it was awesome. But I couldn't figure out any way to do it and I had just moved to a place where there were you know, more corn and soybeans than humans. So that's why I went to the online work. So coming back around to Boulder and wanting to do touch-based work, that was still in the back of my mind. And then it floated back up to the surface. And I went, oh my gosh, of course what I want to do is cuddling and coaching. Of course that is super effective. And here's this Cuddlist training that I just kind of fell into doing, which is wonderful preparation for that one-on-one Uh, cuddling relationship. And I can just bring my coaching into it. And, you know, then the heavens opened up and the angels sang and it was awesome.
1: In like a detective movie where they remember like one piece of information and then it all becomes clear. (laughs) It was like that for cuddling for you.
0: It was just like that, except it took a couple months. But, you know. Yeah,
1: well, I, I mean, it's always something that, like, happens in the beginning of the, the detective story. And then, like, by the end, they're like, oh, that one thing from the beginning tips it all off.
0: Absolutely. So and- I'm, I'm living that moment of epiphany where I was like, right, cuddling and coaching are so powerful together. Now I'm trying to flush it out and live it as my work.
1: So one question I have is, like, why do you think it's hard for people to believe it's just about cuddling and not about (laughs) sex like like it why is that such a difficult leap for people
0: so i'm totally laughing as you ask that question (laughs) it's because our culture the you know the pond that we're swimming in if we were fish but our culture conflates touch and sex it mixes the two up it says sex and touch are the same thing and this is partially it gets you know, parents sometimes get creeped out about this when they're like holding and snuggling their kids and somebody's like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You know, he's getting too old for that. Like we, we are so weird as a culture in being able to separate out touch and sex. Touch is a human need. Sexual expression is also a human need. The act, Having sex is not a human need, but being able to express who you are as a sexual being is a need. But they're different needs, sexual expression and touch. We have mixed them up and kind of forgotten that touch itself is a need. And then we have all sorts of really weird hangups as a culture around sex. And so we've just passed those weird hangups onto touch and voila, we get a business that I'm in where people (laughs) are like, "But why would I want to touch you if I can't have sex with you? I'm like, all right, let me help you understand that. There's a lot of education (laughs) in this Cuddlist work.
1: Can you just walk me through what a typical first session is like with a new client?
0: Absolutely. So a typical first session, I get a request through email. Somebody's filled out this form on catalyst.com that says they want to have a session with me. So I read through their information, which is usually pretty brief. Um, and I send them a text saying, Hey, lovely to hear from you. Let's set up a time to talk to one another. Okay, we get on the phone, we talk to one another. This is my screening process. So some people don't even get on the phone with me, of course, right? There's attrition at every step. But people yeah. get on the phone with me. And we establish rapport. And I go through a pretty standard statement of saying, you know, I just want to be clear because our society can be pretty confused about touch and sex being the same thing. I want to make sure that you're clear that this is non-sexual touch. We're not getting naked. We're not making out. We're not going to try to get each other or ourselves off, right? This is really about what happens when we shut the door on sex and open the door to touch, intimacy, pleasure, connection, listening to one another, feeling safe in our bodies,
1: OK, so you go through that part.
0: Right, so we go through that part. If they're still in there with me, I get clear on what they want. We set up a time to meet, I practice out of my home, or I go to theirs, but most of the time people come to me, it's less expensive. So are you Are over. you ever worried about that? Like: No. Oh I'm not.: huh. So for whatever reason, I'm not worried about that. Cool. Um, I let you know somebody else that I trust know when I've got clients and if I'm going to go meet somebody out somewhere and that's pretty much all I do. I really trust my gut and trust what I hear in the screening. So when I'm talking to somebody and if they seem legit, I trust they are
1: nice. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah. So they come to my house. I welcome them, ask them if they want a hug, you know, help orient them to the space. Here's the bathroom. Do you want some water? Just all that kind of settling in chit chat because we as humans are mammals, right? We've got our own fight flight responses. We're going into a new space here. I'm in somebody else's den, you know, that that, there's a very animal brain that is activated. So just letting somebody kind of just settle in and get oriented to the space. And then the questions that I ask to help us settle into the touch are all questions that are meant to be empowering. And sometimes we'll go over the code of conduct, right? Because Cuddlist has a code of conduct, which yeah. is pretty wonderful. But even if I don't go through the code of conduct, I say that our most important agreement is that uh, you can trust me not to do anything I don't want to do or am uncomfortable with. I'm going to go for what I want. I'm going to go for what feels good. And can I trust you to do the same? And I wait for them to actually say yes, right? I don't just assume that. And it's it's actually harder than it sounds to not put up with touch we don't want. Yeah. And didn't ask for. We've all been conditioned to put up with it, even if we don't have physical or sexual abuse in our pasts. We've all been conditioned to endure and tolerate touch so that we don't want and didn't ask for. So that's a process. And it's part of why coming to me is both wonderful for people and wonderful to do over a longer time right you can get a neat experience just coming once and like check it off of your list of things you've tried out in the world yeah but when you come the second time or the repeated times you know the space you know me all of those things aren't new and scary so then you can settle into the other things that feel more vulnerable in your nervous system and your heart and your body and start to open up and that's where a lot of really juicy uh, healing takes place
1: so one of the things you mentioned that I'm, I'm personally really interested in is like when people are coming in, are they coming in for like one session or do people become like regular clients where they see you once a month or is it people working through something where it might help to go like six, seven or eight times and then they kind of work through it and then move on?
0: Yeah. All of those are possible, right? People could come to me in any of those things once or multiple times for me right now. Most of my clients are coming from Craigslist and they're finding me when they're looking for a massage and -hmm. they see cuddling as like an alternative kind of touch. And so I get a lot of people who just see me once because they're like, what is this thing? Yeah. Some people then become repeat clients. So My favorite, my absolute, absolute favorite are people that are coming because they're working through some chronic pain, whether that's physical chronic pain, because physical pain has a mental and emotional component to it. And so the deep relaxation that comes from cuddling, plus the talking and the coaching and the listening that I do can super help people with chronic pain. I'm just, I'm really, really, really wanting more people to come that have chronic pain and want to work through it. Um, I've had R- that's a few so people interesting.
1: That, I, I would think yeah. I would have think it'd be more like like people are working through emotional issues or like anxiety, but not necessarily mm-hmm. physical ailments as much,
0: right? And it's really good for the anxiety and depression and emotional stuff as well. I think going to see a Cuddlist could be phenomenal for someone who's experienced sexual abuse or relationship trauma. And is wanting to heal that. And actually, my very favorite client that I have right now has relationship trauma and chronic pain. And we're working through both. And it's so delightful to work with him. He comes and sees me once a week. We've had probably six or so sessions at this point. And He doesn't have any intention of stopping anytime soon. You know, there's a decade of trauma in his body and he's just so delighted. He's like, I'm sleeping better. I'm waking up, feeling good about my day. He said the first time that happened, I thought it was a fluke, but four in a row, I thought there's something going on here and I think it's about this cuddling.
1: (laughs) That's so cool. So like when people leave, like when I'm cuddling with somebody, there's the instant feeling of relaxation, but- afterwards when people leave on a sustained basis, like how long does that kind of feeling last and and what other effects do people have longer term? Does that make Hmm, sense?
0: Yeah, it's a good question, right? Is it just a feel good in the moment or does it last longer?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And I... I want more research about it. I really want there to be more research about the therapeutic benefits of this consensual non-sexual touch. However, I've got some anecdotal stuff, which is another woman who came to me with chronic pain. She had chronic neck and shoulder pain. When she left, she sent me a text saying a couple days later saying I had no pain during our session and I had, you know, 60 to 70% less. So I'd say a two thirds reduction for a couple of days following. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, awesome. Let's go again. And she still hasn't booked another session. And that's part of the human condition that just confuses me. Because so often we won't do things that feel good to us. We'll put them off or we'll somehow think they aren't important. So I'm definitely looking for more people who find pleasure to be something that is worth doing again because (sighs) it feels good and because... The whole system feels better.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I feel, I like, I feel for that lady though. Cause like I personally, you know, like I go, I get acupuncture and that mm-hmm. feels great. But then sometimes I worry like, am I going to need to be dependent upon this thing, you know, right. to like fix my back? And I want like, do you think that people might feel that way with cuddling?
0: I think they might. And I also, um, have one man who said, Gosh, I would go bankrupt if I cuddled with you as much as I want to. And I tried to step into a conversation around that. Like, what are the benefits and what is it that you're looking for? Because I can be a bridge. You don't want to pay me to be your girlfriend. I'm not. I'm a cuddlist. But people are worried that they're going to get dependent on me for their touch needs. And folks have also said to me, well, I'm afraid that I'm going to get too attached to you. And some have even said, I'm afraid I'm going to fall in love with you. And I went, great. What a wonderful way to practice that. And what a wonderful way to practice getting your heart broken. And the first time my mentor, Madeline, said to me that cuddleist sessions are a safe place for people to get their hearts broken, I thought that was just awful. Yeah. And that, then I that, thought about it. That's kind of right? what Doesn't I yeah, awful? like like,
1: it's, <laughs> like I said. Like I didn't want to jump in there, but like that sounds awful to me. That sounds like right? a horrible Totally. Why would anybody want to practice
0: doing that? And and you sound so
1: nice. So it's like completely throwing me off that you're like, yeah, I just want to break people's hearts. And I was like, Why?
0: I thought this was a nice lady. Yeah, I know. So (laughs) if you think about it, there really aren't safe ways to get our hearts broken. And yet our hearts are going to get broken in our lives. If we love anybody, our hearts are going to get broken. And one way to not have a broken heart, maybe is to never love anybody. I'm, I'm not sure that that would keep you from having a broken heart, because I think hearts would just get so sad, not loving, that they would probably still break. But you could try not loving anybody, just numbing out, putting up big walls and not loving anybody, which to most of us sounds pretty horrible. So as long as we're going to open up our hearts and love anybody, at some point in time, our hearts are going to get broken. We're going the, the relationship's going to end. The kids are going to grow up and move out of the house. Um, the parents are going to die the, you know, whatever, Oh my even God, if they're that's... the most fantastic <laughs> relationships ever hang in there with me, even if they're the most fantastic relationships ever, eventually they're going to end. And so you're left with what, with doubting whether it was a good idea to open your heart with feeling awful about that other person, probably trusting yourself less. What if you could practice being in love, get to feel all those yummy hormones, get to talk to the other person, get your um, affection received. I mean, cause there's also that other side of falling in love with somebody or at least getting really infatuated with them and they don't return it. They're not interested and you never get a relationship and it's just totally unrequited, which is not much fun either. So here you get to be with me and I get to really receive it, listen to it, appreciate it, let in the feelings, open my heart and quite possibly reciprocate probably not in the like, romantic, yes, I, I would love to move in with you way, but in the, yes, I love you as an awesome human being. And I'm really appreciating the time we get to spend together. So you get to be seen that way. You get to see another person that way, but we've set the stage. And, you know, back in that screening call, I also let people know that I don't become romantically or sexually involved with my clients. You could be my ideal mate, and I'm still not going to get involved with you because as you, if you come as a client, you get to be my client. Not all Cuddlist have that uh, clear cut. There are other ways that people handle it. Sometimes it's like, well, if I think you're awesome, we'll take three months as a break from being a client in the Cuddlist, and then we'll strike up a social relationship. Yeah. But for me, because because love is so real and so powerful, I noticed that for me to open my heart with my clients, I needed to just set a firm boundary of saying, nope, it doesn't matter how great you are. I'm not going to start dating you. I'm not going to you know, start having sex with you, whatever. I'm just, I'm going to love you as your cuddlist. And that's a really powerful relationship. And that's the one we're going to stick with.
1: So I was reading this New York Times article that this part of the conversation is kind of reminding me of. And the person was talking about being a professional cuddler. And I just want to see how this statement resonates with you as as another cuddlist. Mm -hmm. She said, and she's talking about uh, in reference to how is this not like massage? And she said, for massage, there's this feeling you're being worked on and healed. It's not mutual. In cuddling, it's a mutual consensual experience in the sense that both people want what's happening. So do you, do you feel that way as well? It really sounds like you're getting something out of the sessions as well.
0: Of course. I get time in my day where the only thing I'm doing is focusing on the one person in the room with me. And it's about relaxation empowerment touch like my absolute favorite things in the world so i get these blocks in my day where i get to focus on my favorite things and i'm not thinking about picking the kids up from school or blah 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 whatever right it's very simple and in that way it's meditative i mean partially that's just good business sense i mean who would you want to touch anybody who just didn't care and wasn't enjoying it
1: um I don't know. I mean, me personally, (laughs) me personally, I I do have some hangups around personal touch. I'm actually a bit of a little bit of an anxious person around strangers touching me, which which why I was really, really interested in this in just even talking to you and learning about this. Because I wonder, like, for myself, as somebody who is anxious around strangers touch, does that make me a bad candidate or a good candidate for a -a cuddleist?
0: You being an anxious person, does that make you a better possible client or a worse one? I would say it depends on your desire. If you want to try it out, then great. Being an anxious person around strangers in touch does not by any means make you a bad candidate. It means that you'd want to let your cuddlist know that and you'd want to take your time. Right? Because if you show up at my door and I'm like, great, and I wrap my arms around you and then I say, let's spoon, you're going to be your nervous system is probably going to be
1: out of control.
0: Exactly. Like it's not going to work for you. So going at a pace that works for your nervous system would probably feel awesome. And then help have, you know, a new neural track really that says, Oh, touch with strangers is really pleasant doesn't necessarily override the old one but it starts to lay down new information. And whatever we rehearse in our nervous systems is what we start to believe is true. So if you start to rehearse, oh, touch with strangers feels good and safe and I liked it, then that's how you'll start to associate touch with strangers. So if you wanted to change that, cuddle parties or a cuddle session could be great.
1: That's great to know. So how has being a cuddleist changed your own views on, you know, either life or the world or people or anything?
0: Hmm. Well, it's reaffirmed for me my, my stance that people are good, right? That's just, I mean, that's part of why I don't get nervous seeing new people or inviting them over. I have a basic faith in humanity, and that has been borne out meeting people and working with people. And even the people who, despite my warnings about it being a non-sexual session, turn up and try to, you know, kind of get a little gropey or a little grindy. And I have to say, no, like even those people, I really think they're absolutely doing their best. They're, they're doing their best in the situation as they understand it. And they're willing to respect me and what I say. I nobody's been at all, um, you know, abusive or scary or anything. They're just like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I won't do that again. And they get kind of embarrassed usually. But I am so delighted that I get to do work that I think is revolutionary and changing the world for the better. And I really enjoy it and feel better and more peaceful after having worked.
1: That, oh my God, that's so great. That's so nice to like how it's made you feel more trusting in humanity at a time where, you know, like it doesn't, you might be a little bit anxious about things and uh, like you get to do what you what makes you happy for a job and makes you feel better
0: i totally do can i can i actually yeah. tell you just one short story that's yeah. kind of about that yeah, of i course. had a client who came to see me wanting to do his step 5 for alcoholics anonymous i didn't know what that was apparently it's the the sharing the ways you have wronged people in your life and the things you're ashamed of and the things you haven't been willing to speak about oh, okay and i said okay fine yeah let's do that and we got clear ahead of time on what he wanted from me because i'm like you know i'm I have no familiarity with AA. I'm not sure what we're doing here. So let's get clear, right? That's that whole asking for what I want and setting boundaries. And we got clear that what he wanted was for me to listen to him and to hold him, not try to fix him, not try to judge him, not try to offer solutions or what he should do next, but just be there and hold him and listen. And so I did. And he shared all sorts of things that I would normally, you know, quote unquote, normally have thought were things that only bad people do. Mm -hmm. Right. Things about drugs and violence and just just some pretty some pretty bad stuff. Yeah. And because of the way that we had set it up, I just I felt really safe with him. I felt so compassionate towards him. I could see where the pain that had been inflicted upon him led directly to the pain that he inflicted upon others. And from that, right, instead of it being a blaming the parents or blaming whomever, it's more like, okay, so then the compassion and the humanity that is shown can also have an impact and can also help somebody change the course of their life.
1: That's incredible. That's that's amazing. I'm very I'm thank you so much for sharing that story. That's very beautiful.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. And it's also made it so much easier for me to hear all of the stuff my other clients tell me. And they're like, I'm so embarrassed to tell you this. I'm like, oh, honey, you've got nothing on that other guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just be so glad. Your life has been so much easier than him.
1: Yeah, yeah. At this point, you're like, trust me, it's good. You can tell me everything, but it's not going right. to be a surprise. Um, right. Just to help as as a professional cuddler, what advice would you give people to improve their own cuddling and touch skills?
0: Absolutely. Thank you for asking that. That's a super good question. And part of what I hope people learn from their time with me, that's part of that being a bridge from where they are now in their life to what they really want is to come work with me, work with other cuddlists, learn those skills. But the, you know, 15-second snapshot right now goes back to that asking for what you want and setting boundaries. Figure out before you go into a situation that involves touch, what do you want out of it? What would feel good? How does your body feel right now? Like actually drop into your own body and notice how you feel and what you want. And then practice some words, you know, to your mirror at home or something, you know, practice some words about asking for that. I'd like you to stroke my arm. I'd like you to rub my shoulders, but I like it really light. You know, it's I have some things that I say now to people that are like, pet me like a cat, right? People can really get that image and it makes sense to them. You don't pet a cat both directions. You don't rough them up. You you know, it's pretty smooth and pretty gentle. That's how I like to be touched most of the time. So get some things like that. How do you like to be touched? How could you feel successful and the other person feel successful having it be pleasurable for you? And then you can encourage them because you've done it yourself, you can encourage them to do the same thing. And then you wind up in a situation where people actually are doing what they want to do rather than doing some kind of weird, well, I think he wants this. I think she wants this. Yeah. I'm just going to keep doing this because nobody's saying stop, right? That's the kind of situation that gets boring and abusive. We're kind of worried that we're going to be jerks. We're going to be the one who's like, I want this, give me that, do this for me. And we want to be giving and generous and all of this stuff. And so one of the things I help people shift in their reality is noticing that asking for what, for what I want, asking for what you want, asking for my clients want, right? Whoever it is, asking for what you want is an act of love in a relationship. Whether it's an employee-boss relationship, a parent-child relationship, a lover relationship, whatever relationship, getting clear on what you want and asking for it, and then being with the other through their response and their reaction. But owning what you want is an act of service in a relationship.
1: Well, that's incredible advice for people. Where can people find your work?
0: (laughs) Thanks. That's a good (laughs) thing for people to be able to find me. So you can find me on Cuddlist.com forward slash Cassandra so I'm in Boulder Colorado you can search by state you can search by city or you can just type in catalyst.com forward slash Cassandra and find me there
1: awesome thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to do this I really appreciate it I hope you had I hope you had fun as well
0: you are so welcome I totally had fun as well thanks so much (laughs) bye bye I'm
1: back thanks for listening I really love hearing from you guys, so be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you get your podcast. And if you know someone with a weird job, we want to be best friends. Send us an email at hello at weirdworkpodcast.com. Thanks. Bye.
0: My business used to be weighed
1: down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then.